Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Barnes University Radio. This is the draft edition. Um, here we are. We're going down to the to the next phase of the draft process and the offseason process, to be honest. Let's talk about a little bit about free agency and the marriage between, you know, free agency and the draft, right? These two things, when you're coming up with your game plan, they have to you know, to some degree, be in unison and working in lockstep um, in terms of how you build your roster. Because, you know, if you have a strong position group um, in free agency um, and not so much in the draft, then that means that free agency um, should be the priority. You know, Um, if you have a strong position group, you know, in the in the draft with safety and not so much in free agency, you know, it takes care of itself. You know, you know that you should probably prioritize the draft. So um, as we're working through this process of evaluating the the, the free agents, um, the free agents to be, you know, looking at all 32 rosters, looking to see who may be cut, you know, uh, trade candidates, um, um, things like that. You go through all 32 teams, you do your due diligence, and then obviously you pair that with your tape study um, in free agency, correct fit, character fit, all those things. And then you pair that with what you've been doing and your work with the draft and it all comes together and you just build the team that you were, that, that you want to build. And I think with this team building, it comes down to layered. I, I love tiered, tiered thinking. I love um, to break things down in steps and and make sure that all these steps are correctly, um, you know, analyzed. So when you get done with that process of knowing what you got in free agency and knowing what you have in free agency, then comes to how do you build your team? What are your non-negotiables when it comes to height, weight, speed, character? You get all those guys in a bunch. And I think so so often teams will sign people because of familiarity. You know, there's a buddy-buddy system within the NFL, which makes a lot of sense. You know a guy, you work with the guy for years. I know what he brings to the table. I want to bring him on. That makes sense. I think continuity is important. That, that kind of helps with the flow of things. It makes a ton of sense to bring in guys that you already have. But is that actually the best way to build teams to make your roster as infallible as possible, to make your roster not only a success, but to be a Super Bowl winner? And I think that too often we executives will hang their hat on and rest their laurels on, oh, we had a successful season. And that's relative to who you are. If you think that going 10 and 6, 11 and 5, 12 and 4, getting ousted in the first round, getting ousted in the second round is a successful season, then that's you. Um, me personally, I think any season that's that you don't bring home the Lombardi is, a, is an unsuccessful season. Did you have a good season? Did you have a great season? Those things are possible, but it can't be successful because you didn't bring home the ultimate goal. You don't spend time away from your family. You don't make all these sacrifices to deem the purpose or to deem or really what you're doing is you're, you're relinquishing all um, importance to what you're doing in a way, but I'm not going to judge, you know, what a thing that is, that is relative. So with that being said, um, back to my point is you try to get players 
and try to form a chemistry that's infallible as possible. And you really started with, um, you know, how you're going to win your division. You, you, I've always said this for years, for starting out with drafting. It always made sense for me to to acquire um, yeah, draft or, or division specific players, players that can help me win my division. And then from there, players that help us win in general, that probably should be first. Help us win in general, an infallible group, as infallible as possible, that meets criteria, the chemistry is there. Okay, how can we win the division with these players? And then you graduate to, okay, could we beat the best team in the league? You draft and acquire players that, hmm, the best team in the league, is that us? Is that somebody else? You know, is it the Super Bowl winner? Is it Super Bowl runner-up? Was it somebody in the conference championship that just didn't make the correct decision? Can my team beat those teams? And then from there, you just keep on stacking and building with your roster, and you make sure that you draft players specific to that. And I think a lot of teams literally look at things in years which you're supposed to do. Yes, you're supposed to. You're not supposed to mortgage your future all in one year, but it, it's very possible to focus on one year and make the one year ahead of you the most um, um, successful. You know that's relative, like I said earlier. But how can you make it the most winningest, successful season, bringing home that championship as possible? How can you do that in that one year while still? considering the future and I think some people think that when when people talk about thinking of a year one year at a time you're mortgaging your future to want to try to win a championship no you should be good enough as an evaluator and have a good enough team you know I'm a one-man army these are 30 people 30 plus people staffs trying to figure out the thing that one man does I'm not trying to figure out what I do but I try to I do everything by myself. So these 30 people departments are trying to figure out that every year I'm doing it by myself every year, um, probably with limited limited technology and obviously access. So with that being said, I mean, um, that's the goal. I mean, I think that's the ideology. Um, I mean, I think that's that's very important. And, um, you know, I think that is not said enough. I think that expectations aren't high enough and um that's why franchises suffer um that's it. a lot of nepotism a lot, a lot of cronyism within um how people are hired and with the process of acquiring players and because of familiarity you work with the guy for two two to four years doesn't necessarily mean he's the best fit for the club and uh teams suffer because of it they think that it's just about acquiring people and talents and thinking that it's automatically going to fit because of how great you are. And that's a big misconception about how people view me. It's a it's a very, um, very odd, um, you know, it's very paradoxical that. I'm viewed a certain way, but in reality, the very people that's calling me a certain thing, they're actually that. So like people's um, people's 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 um, what can I say? Mm, 
people's arrogance or people's confidence within themselves are so strong that they think that they can turn, you know, poop into gold. And often cases that's not that doesn't happen. You know, you have to work with you have to have something in the beginning. Um, and, and and so often that arrogance has, has hurt the certain entities, certain coaches, certain GMs thinking that, OK, I'll get this. This coach will fix it. And, and, and there is a point to where the acquisition of talent is stopped or, or slowed down to some degree. So you do have to do asset maximization and actually work with what you have. But you don't start off the process thinking of asset maximization when you're when you're in a perfect opportunity to acquire better talent and i think so often these the arrogance of coaches and gms oh i got this guy that's really a you know a third stringer but i'm gonna play him and he's gonna be my starter instead of acquiring um maybe a sleeper that's maybe a a a a high-end second stringer or maybe just go ahead and get that starter and working from there and that process for me comes from a totally um, selfless place. It doesn't come from me trying to be right. It doesn't come from me um, doing anything like that. It's com- it just comes from me wanting to see a player do well that I think can do well. <laughs> it's simple as that. And it's doing the due diligence that has no type of um, ulterior motive or any type of um, underlying connection or, or, or just, or, you know, uh, cronyism, putting a guy that I know way back when in a position. And, you know, even if I had the opportunity to do that, um, naturally, I'm not going to say that it's not a human emotion to do this. It is. But naturally, yes, but you don't overdo it. So that's all I had to really say about the process of building a team. I think all of this stuff is book worthy coming to you soon. Um, Thanks for tuning in and I will see you on the next one.